Well, good morning. I'm Pastor David Dyer, and it is my distinct honor and pleasure to be here with you this morning as we worship just an incredible, wonderfully powerful name of Jesus. Jesus, who has come into a dark world, a world filled with people without hope. And so he truly brings the light of the world to all who desperately need it. As we continue in this Advent sermon series, Voices from the Edge, today we look at Zephaniah. And I know he's just, he just immediately leapt to your brain. You're just like, yeah, I mean, I, I totally think of Zephaniah during the season of Advent, a voice from the edge. I mean, sure, I remember. He's, uh, you know, basically did his proclamation in the mid-600s B.C., you know. I mean, that's just right there on the tip of your tongue. He was a contemporary of Jeremiah. I know you knew that as well. And he has one of the shortest of the minor prophets, the books, Zephaniah. He has one of the shortest ones here in all of the Old Testament, but he has the best grace. How many of you this morning need to hear just a good bit of grace for your life right now? The rest of you are like, no, I'm, I'm just here. I'm just here. That's all right. I don't need. Well, that's okay. The sermon will be for you as well. All right. So I, I want to read through this section of scripture because it's from chapter three and the first two chapters are nothing like chapter 3. So for those of you that brought your Bibles, if you've got an iPad or a phone, uh, why don't you go ahead, open that up, get into Zephaniah. For those of you that are trying to follow in your Old Testament, in your Bible, you're like, where the heck is Zephaniah? All right, so we're real close, right? Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. It's the fourth to the last book in the Old Testament. So you kind of open it up, you're right there, somewhere in the middle, you'll start to find it. All right, verse 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment, he has turned back your enemy, the Lord, the King of Israel is with you, and never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, do not fear, O Zion, do not let your hands hang limp, the Lord your God is with you, he is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The sorrows for the appointed feasts I will remove from you. They are a burden and a reproach for you. And at that time, I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather those who have been scattered. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they were put to shame. At that time, I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. That sounds pretty good. Right? I mean, you're reading through then, you're like, wow, for an Old Testament prophet, I mean, where's the doom and gloom? Where's, I mean, that, that sounds like candy. That sounds sweetness to the ears. Right? So as I warned you, no, no, turn to verses 1 and 2. You're going to go, oh, there he is. Right? Because being a voice from the edge means that you've got to say stuff that nobody wants to hear. Yeah. Parents, you know this all the time, right? Now, child son or daughter, right? For the hundredth time, I have torn, I told you, I have pleaded with you. I have bargained with you. Pick up 
your room. We're not born in a barn. Jesus was, but that's a whole different issue. All right, pick your stuff up. Mom, I can't find my hairbrush. Mom, I can't find my favorite pair of shoes. Is it because your room is dirty? Sometimes parents have to say what kids don't want to hear. See if these words grab you. We'll start in verse 2. This is the prophet speaking, right? I will sweep away everything from the face of the earth. <laughs> That's just awesome, right? You just want to hear that God is going, yeah, everything you know, everything you've seen, everything that looks good, right? I'm just going to wipe it off the face of the earth. He goes on, I will sweep away both men and animals. I will sweep away the birds of the air, the fish of the sea. The wicked will have only heaps of rubble when I cut off man from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. Well, I just feel so much better. So let me set the context for you. Israel has received God's blessing day in and day out. They are in the promised land. A land flowing with milk and honey. Teeming with animal life. Everything in all of creation has been given by God's hand to his chosen people. All the other nations outside, not God's favored nation, Israel. And Israel's split. They're split right now. Probably in this time frame, the northern kingdom has already fallen. We were waiting on Judah, the southern kingdom, to fall. They're going to go into slavery because they're not going to listen. But this is God's kind of last, final chance. He's trying to get them to relent, to repent. Remember, during the season of Advent, that's exactly what we're talking about. That what God has in store for us is repentance. That that's where we start the new year. Advent is the new church year. That's where we begin. And we begin on our knees because that's where God says it all starts. So listen to my word, he says, or I'm going to wipe you off the face of the earth. Now, that doesn't sound like a very loving God. In fact, our detractors, right? Non-Christians, unbelievers, people of other faiths, they say, see, that's the kind of God I can't really get into. I know, it's hard. A doom and gloom God. But if you think of it like a parent, I don't know if you've ever said in the heat of battle with your child, I brought you in this world, I can take you out. <laughs> it's not given that you'll remain alive tomorrow if I have anything to say. You know why some animals in the wild eat their young? I mean, if any of those phrases have come out of your mouth, right, then you know where God's coming from. I'm going to wipe you off the face of the earth. You know why? Because you don't get it. I love you. I've given you everything. And what you do is you worship other gods. Oh, no, there's no other altars. No. No, but you worship the almighty dollar. It's everything you can do to save a little bit more. Well, I'm so glad the election went the way it is. Did you see how God's provision has really made the stock market go up and my savings are doing so well? That's another God. 
And some of you, some of you care more about your 401k, your title, your job advancement, your record. You, you care about your, your, your job. You care about even family. And I'm not saying family's a bad thing, but you put family before God. This is Israel's problem. You understand? This is Israel. God's favored nation has this problem. They've put everything in front of God. They don't worship him with a true heart. They just go through the motions. You know anybody like that? You better be thinking of yourself because I know there are many of us who simply go through the motions. Oh, it's a praise song. Stand up, lift up my hands. Yeah, put them back down. Oh, the sermon kept me awake. Okay, that's cool. Great. Then the whole rest six days of the week, God barely gets a mention except when somebody cuts you off. Be careful, Christian. Be careful. This word is for you. Verse 4, I'll stretch out my hand against Judah, against all who live in Jerusalem. I'll cut off, uh, I will cut off from this place every remnant of Baal, that's, that's another god. The names of the pagan and the idolatrous priests, those who bow down on the roofs to worship the starry host. Yeah. Oh, no, I just love creation. love being out in Colorado, right? My wife and I were hiking up Mount Harvard. It was her, my wife's first 14er. We're hiking up uh, on the last shoulders, probably the last hundred yards of the climb. It's a great view. It's a great situation to find yourselves in. We're walking up there, and we hear two guys walk down, right? They've already been to the summit. They're walking down, and one says to the other, you know, this is pretty incredible. It almost makes you think there's like a higher power or something. <laughs> you think? Now, I'll be honest, I did not stop and engage them and give them communion and baptize them right then and there. But people in Colorado like to worship creation. And let me tell you something, creation's not the same as the creator. So get your snowboard days in. Get your ski powder days in. Get your hikes in. Enjoy God's beautiful creation. But when you do it, instead of worshiping God, you're worshiping an idol. Verse 7. Be silent before the sovereign Lord, for the day of the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice he has consecrated those he has invited, and on the day of the Lord's sacrifice, I will punish the princes, the king's sons, all of those clad in foreign clothes. On that day, I will punish all who avoid stepping on the threshold, who fill the temple of their gods with violence and deceit. You worship anywhere else? You want to look like other people, other nations? That's what's being condemned here. You want to live your life in such a way that the world thinks you're the greatest thing in the world. Awesome. You're not with God then. It's just plain and simple. 
And, and here, what Zephaniah does is he goes on for another chapter and a half. I don't even have enough hours today to go through all of these, but I'm telling I, I'll encourage you to read through it. It's great every once in a while, just get a good knockdown, right? Just get a good smack with a spiritual two by four right upside the head. And have God go, okay, yeah, that's right, down on your knees. That's right, David, that's where I want you. Because, see, this is the beginning of forgiveness and humility and grace. See, grace, grace is God's riches at Christ's expense and God understands death and dying and suffering. He knows what cancer is like and how it destroys people. He knows what divorce does. He understands the dark places that you go. He understands that if the world knew your sin, they would ostracize you. He knows all of that. And yet he loves you. Because see, when he gets to chapter 3, through his prophet Zephaniah, into verse 14, again, he goes, Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. Isn't that a sweet picture? Right? Dad and a daughter. You're going to get to see that for one of the baptisms today. Dad's getting in the tank. Daughter's coming in. It's going to be a precious moment. We're all... Right? We're going to. Dad and a daughter, dad and his sons, just as powerful. We're going to get to see that too. It's powerful when we see parents and children interacting in faith. And you know what? Oh, daughter of Zion, God looks at us and says, you're my daughter, you're my son. I want to pour out blessings to you and you should rejoice. I mean, that's like sing, play, do something. How many of you... You, you love our worship team, right? Just go ahead, just amen, raise your hands, amen, right? But you, you say, you know, it's better if we leave it to them to sing. How many of you would amen that one as well, right? Okay, because there are people next to you going, don't, yeah. <laughs> How many of you love the shower? They're the best acoustics in the world, and you can sing and you're by yourself, right? Hands raised on that one? Yeah, absolutely. The point here is, folks, is that God says, I want you to sing, I want you to have joy. I want you to know what my grace is like, that it's more than sufficient. And my power is dynamite in your life. That what I have in store for you is better than your worst day, man. And what God has in store, it should bring about a song, right? So so picture this, you're You've just gotten out of work or you've been running kids around and you've got a moment and you just go, well, I'm looking at the schedule, the time, I can probably slip into Walmart, pick up a couple of gifts. I know we're on the list, right? And so you rush in there and then you're, now you're trying to find a parking spot and that ain't working so well, right? And you get out of the car, you're huffing through, right? And you get in and there's people everywhere. You're just like, ah, I just left all of this and you're exhausted. You kind of find those things or you're like, hey, can you know what? Excuse me, I was talking to you. Get over here. I need to know where this toy is. They find the toy. You get the toy. You go stand in line at Walmart in Monument. And if you work there, God bless you. I, I love But we got to open up some more lanes in that place. <laughs> Staff that thing, okay? He goes, it's Christmas time and people are shopping. So now you're standing in line and you're harried and you're frazzled and everything's going on. And, and if you stop for just a second, every once in a while you'll start to hear a little, 
little tune. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And you kind of start tapping a little bit. And some of you swing a little bit. And dancing a little bit. And you pause. And you, well, that kind of, and it brings a little smile on your face. And then it kind of goes away. And then you hear another. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to. And you hear, yeah, yeah, this is pretty good, right? And it, and it kind of starts to pick up your spirit, right? I'm. Dreaming of a white Christmas. And your, and your heart melts, right? Oh, Christmas is just joy. Right? That's what songs, that's what music, that's what God is intending here. He says, look, I am going to bring about destruction if you don't turn. But to get to your knees, I'm going to rise you back up and I'm going to bring you songs of joy, O daughter of Zion. Don't worry, the Lord has taken away your punishment. He's turned back the enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel is with you and never again will you fear any harm. It doesn't say I'm going to keep harm from you. There'll still be harm in this world. It just says you won't fear it because God's with you. And on that day, so when you see that phrase in the Old Testament especially, on that day, that phrase in Hebrew means the last day when Jesus comes back, okay? On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, do not fear, O Zion, do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord, your God, is with you. He is mighty to save, and he takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. When I was reading that this week and prepping for the sermon, it blew me away. Because I love to sing praise to God, but it, it struck me. God looks at me and sings a song? Here comes David, here comes David, right down Baptist Lane. He's just gonna keep on singing till he can't think more. Oh, no. And, you know, and at that point, you just go, I don't know what song he's gonna sing, but if that's it, I'm on God's playlist? Do you get that? He's going to dial you up, right? He's going on, check the southern hemisphere, right? And he's driving down. He says, oh, David. Put your name in there. The Lord rejoices over you. And he has. Before you were even born. It says that God knew you, and he claimed you, and he has a plan for you. Today, we get to celebrate with joy a lot of that plan. That plan being baptism, where he says, hey, tell you what, I've got some news for you. You're not going to like the first part of this, but I'd like you to come and die. Sign me up. No, no, I'm serious, God says. I want you to come and die. That's what's going to happen to these people this morning, is they're going to die in the holy waters of baptism. Their old sinful self is going to be drowned. 
Romans 6 says this, do you not know that those of you that are baptized into Jesus Christ, do you not know you were baptized into his death? But do you not know that he also conquered death in the grave? And because of that, you too shall rise. Now, it doesn't matter if you're fully immersed, if you're sprinkled. The word of God comes and is important to us because it is God's word. How much more important than this? I'm going to rejoice over you. In verse 19, at that time, I will deal with all who have oppressed you. I will rescue the lame. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they were put to shame. And at that time, I will gather you. At that time, I will bring you home. And you know who he brings home? His sons and daughters. And how do you become a son or daughter of the living God? By being baptized. Now, we got a whole group of people, five, six rows. It's going to take us a little bit. It's okay. It's all good. We're going to watch people die and rise to newness of life. You want to cheer and clap every time that happens? I don't care. Go ahead. Okay. You want to take pictures? You take pictures. Because God is claiming his own. He's naming them son, daughter of my kingdom. And they will live forever. And God adds them to a playlist of songs and he rejoices over them constantly. Precious words. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, you are mine. And I don't know, this morning, maybe you're sitting here watching, you're going to watch the people get baptized, and you're like, you know what, I, I haven't done that. You can come forward today. You can. Today can be the day when you willingly die, submit, fall to your knees, and you say, God, I want what you want for me. Right after the sermon's done, I'm going to have our confession of faith if you're going to be baptized this morning, I want you to stand with those people. I've got elders that are up here. You're going, what do I do next? I didn't even bring any extra clothes. I even got clothes. I got shirts and shorts for you. It's awesome. <laughs> no excuses. You're going to come up here to this door. Elder's going to help you out while everyone else that's already pre-dressed and we're going to go through it all. But I want you to know, today may be the day for you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you belong to Jesus. Amen. And now may this word of the Lord truly strengthen your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus until when? Huh. Until he brings us home. Amen. So if you're being baptized today, will you please stand? Amy, you're going to have to stand for Thaddeus. I don't think he can stand on his own. Anthony, good job. So if you're being baptized today, stand. All right. So we've got some adults, we've got some others, right? We've got some dads, we've got some people who are going to be in and out tanks. Some are sprinkled. It doesn't matter how we're baptized, okay? But I want you to know that these people have said here today with parents involved as well, hey, we're going to be baptized. We're going to, we're going to make this statement of faith today, Okay? So, baptizees, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, all right? And all you've got to say, you just got to answer your heart, right? So I'm going to ask you, do you want to be baptized? Then say, yes, I do. They didn't hear you. Come on. All right, I'm just making sure you all heard. 
All right? So, do you believe in God the Father? Then say, yes, I believe in God the Father. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as only Son? Then respond, I do believe in Jesus Christ as only Son. And do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Then respond, yes, I believe in the Holy Spirit. All right. Now, this is a beginning, all right? And I want you to turn around. If you're being baptized, I want you to look at sponsors. Sponsors, you're seated with them. Okay, turn around. Face them. It's all right. Turn around in your chairs. Look at your sponsors. Okay? Now, sponsors, just raise your hand so I know kind of where you're seated. If you're a sponsor, raise it up high. Come on. Raise your hand up high if you're a sponsor, baptismal sponsor. Okay, I've got questions for you. You see, the body of Christ is a body of believers that takes on the responsibility of discipling people who are baptized in Jesus Christ. So not only are you going to help them remember their baptismal birthday, okay, we got a candle for you to light, we got a whole celebration in your bag, and your packet, not a worries, right? Because that's what needs to happen. You need to be a part of that as a baptismal sponsor. But secondly, you need to remind them of their faith. You need to remind them, hey, we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so I'm asking you, right, will you make sure that these people that are baptized make it to God's house of worship on a regular basis? That when they're old enough to take communion, that they take communion, that they don't ever forget their baptism, Will you teach them the Lord's Prayer, the Apostles' Creed? Will you show them God's Word by example when you lead them in devotions? Will you teach them the books of the Bible? Will you show them over and over God's holy promise? If so, sponsors say, yes, with the help of God. I'm going to make you say it all again. You better say it louder. Very good. Now, sponsors and baptizees. Punch it, turn, stand up and turn around. Sponsors and baptizees, turn around. Stand up. Sponsors too. Turn around, face the congregation. Especially sponsors, I want you to face the congregation. I want you all to know that you don't do this alone. That you as being one that's being baptized and as a, and as a, a, sponsor, as a sponsor, this is the body of Christ here at Family of Christ. So Family of Christ, I ask you, do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father. All right, let's do this again. Do you believe in God the Father? Respond, yes, I believe in God the Father. Yes, I believe in God Father. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as only Son? Yes, I believe in Jesus Christ as only Son. And do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yes, I believe in the Holy Spirit. You see, sponsors and baptizees, you are not alone. You have a grouping of people. Family of Christ, will you be their Sunday school teachers and youth sponsors? Will you lift these uh, baptizees up in daily prayer? Will you honor them, support them, and support their families with daily prayer? If so, then answer yes with the help of God. Yes. Very well. Know that these words will be spoken over you, that you are baptized in the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, as Mr. Mark prepares to lead us in a time of prayer, I'm going to ask that the boat, those that are being baptized would go ahead and head off back in the hallway with the pre-instructions. I'll be over there shortly, and then we'll start the baptisms once we're done with our time of prayer. Can we pray together this morning? Father, we are thankful that you remain God even in the midst of our frailty, even in the midst of our humanity, that you are God. And that nothing we do or that we can say can separate us from your love. And for that this morning, we are eternally grateful. And Father, we have certainly fallen short of your glory and we've sinned this week. And so in this moment, in this time, 
we pause to acknowledge a need for something greater than ourselves. And that's a need for a savior, a savior that your son came to earth in the most humble of circumstances and lived a sinless life and willingly laid down his life for my sin and our sin so that we then could be here today to confess those sins. And Father, on the third day, you raised him from the grave and defeated death and hell so that we could boldly approach your throne of grace for mercies that are new every morning. And so in this moment and in this time, Father, hear your children as we confess to you. Father, we are thankful that even here and now, your forgiveness is real. It's tangible. It's for us. And so, Father, today, we thank you for your forgiveness of all of our sins that cleanse us, your blood that washes away and as white as snow. And, Father, this morning we bring to you concerns and cares of ours, and we put them at the foot of the cross. Father, where there is sickness, we ask that you be the great healer. Father, where there is need, we ask that you be the great provider. Father, for specific needs of our congregation, we ask God that you be the God, Jehovah Jireh, the great provider. And Father, even when we can't see you, and sometimes, Father, when you feel so far away, may we trust that you'll never leave us, that you'll never forsake us, that you have a plan for us. And it's a plan not to harm us, but to give us a hope and a future. We thank you for this time, this time of prayer where we focus. And Father, as those who are being baptized today, we thank you for this celebration, these celebrations of ones who come into the family of Christ. And we are thankful, God. And we rejoice with all of these, adults, children, infants. Thank you, Father, for your great love for your people. Thank you for your great love for your children this morning. We ask all this in your precious name, in Christ's name, and all God's people said, amen.